the podcast the only podcast about books i'm tim i'm tom and we are booksmen yes uh tim had to make a executive decision this you week. had to make an executive decision i did yeah okay. i'm the executive well in this situation in this boardroom i'm the executive we're both executives. You're the one giving a presentation to me. One of the <laughs> every week. This is what I'm doing. Yeah, Tim. Why do you think I spent all the money on this huge boardroom? <laughs> why do you think you're sitting uh, 50 feet away from me at the I other end of this? I barely hear you. I mean, we're both at the heads of the table, right? Well, and you know, luckily we have mic set up, so the listener wouldn't know. They hear us clear as day. Yeah, but yeah, we can barely hear each other because yeah. we're at the other ends of these boardrooms. <laughs> Our conversations make no sense. <laughs> yeah, because half the time we can't hear each other. Yeah. That's why. That's why the conversations get derailed. Um uh, there there's frequent uh misunderstandings. It's all because of this. You had to make an executive decision. Yes. Uh which was that I didn't like reading this book. Uh but I didn't want to give up on it. We're talking about the book On the Road by Jack Kerouac. Yeah, Nick Nat Kerouac. Give give my dog a bone. Give my give hey, give me a bone. And that bone is an easier book to read. Tim, I was reading the uh the original scroll as we talked about a bunch last week. Uh the the first draft. And now what's crazy is that pretty much any book, any especially any famous book, uh, they don't ever publish the first draft. <laughs> they don't ever publish the first draft of any book. Except for like, go set a watchman, right? Unless it's something like, uh, uh, what's her name? Harper Lee. Harper Lee, where she's uh, literally on death's door, and some ghoul shows up with a contract and says, "Like, oh, just standard paperwork, Miss Lee." End of life stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's a do not resuscitate order. Just sign here. <laughs> and what it actually is is uh, uh, permission for them to publish her first draft of uh, her, her only book, right? Yeah. Uh, but Do you g- believe, Tom, uh, yeah. being a sexist as but, you are, do you believe a, that Truman Capote uh, wrote that book? Oh, I've never heard that. Uh, no. I don't uh, frequent the cigar bars that you do <laughs> where people put forward theories that men have been responsible for any uh, substantial work that a woman's created. Uh, Why is that? Uh, did they know each other? Yeah, they were great <laughs> friends. They didn't even know each other. <laughs> just, know. Like, nah, it just reads like something Truman Capote wrote. No, they were great friends. You didn't know this? No. Didn't you ever see the movie Capote? No. No, me neither. I don't know if she's in it or not. <laughs> I don't think so. Did you ever see that in Capote? There's that one scene where he where he writes to kill a mockingbird. No, no, but I think like. Oh, that maybe like did a pass on no, it. No, that like th- maybe they were friends, ma- or he made a pass at her. Tom, now now who's the jerk? <laughs> Truman Capote in this situation, if he made a pass at her, yeah. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. Oh no, Catherine Keener played Harper Lee. Oh, yeah. So I guess so, so they were good friends, Tom. Okay, good enough. I'd friends like to, to see this movie. movie. Capote came out seventeen <laughs> years ago. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman played Truman Capote. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember like uh, winning a bunch of awards and stuff. I think it was uh, yeah, it Truman was Capote. I mean, very, uh, yeah, Truman Capote. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman won the Oscar. Wow, the best actor, the best boy. Now, before I become too impressed, let me ask you this: Did he slap anyone earlier in the night? He didn't slap anyone earlier in the well, night. Then who that gives I'm a shit. Yeah, exactly. Who cares, Tom? I think we're the only two people on earth who still just want more <laughs> slap discourse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a, uh, I saw like, I guess some article this week that said the headline was like, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith's divorce would be the, the messiest divorce of all time. M- meanwhile, there was no talk of them getting divorced. No. It's just speculation. And it, but it just reminded me, 
of like all this stuff speculation that that idiot on twitter that was like what if it was betty white it's like <laughs> well then it would be a different thing yeah or, or like what if what if he fell and hit his head on a corner and died okay what if fucking uh, the roof flew off and ufos came inside so you're defending will smith no, I'm just saying... But we can agree that the slap was awesome. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Tim. That what I'm saying is, don't... I think some people were mad that people like us liked it so much. <laughs> and they were, like, trying to come up with more. Because the thing is, it's like... Yeah, Chris Rock doesn't deserve to be slapped, of course. Mm. But it's like Chris Rock can also... Obviously, we saw him take a slap pretty well. That's why I think Chris Rock, more than anybody who's like hand-rigging over this, Mm -hmm. came away from that being like, it's about time. (laughs) Like It's only a matter of time before someone slapped me. I I go out and just say shit all the time. I guess it's the best-case scenario. I had this coming for a long time. And look, if it was going to be anybody, I'd rather it be... Uh, Will Smith than, you know, some drunk idiot yeah. at uh, at the Chuckle Factory or yeah. whatever. That's not where Chris Rock performs. It's where he tests some of his stuff. <laughs> but, I, but I think because people were, uh, couldn't, couldn't be madder about it, they were like, well, what if it was an old woman? <laughs> or what if a freak accident happened and yeah. he killed him? Be- to combat what I think is like both of our uh, feelings of like Chris Rock shouldn't have made that joke. Well, what, I think he's fine to make that joke. I, it was a bad joke. It was a bad joke. It was joke. a lame joke. Yeah, but like if people had to make lame joke. Tom, um, you can make lame jokes, Tom. We'd be out of business. That's true. Uh, We're as good as but, Chris but Rock. Maybe, maybe he shouldn't have done that. You say he should have. You say Jada Pinkett Smith has had it coming a long time. Yeah. I mean, she um, has. She stinks. Yeah, she does stink. Um, she just seems very humorless. Yeah, she stinks. Yeah. Um, and not because of that. Not because, like, oh, she can't take somebody making fun of her uh, Man, medical that condition. Too. <laughs> you know what? No, this is the thing. We're talking about the slap <laughs> fucking a month later. But this is the well, thing. Tim, we want more slap content. We got to make it ourselves. She, If she hadn't monetized her life on that yeah. freaking Red Table Talk right. show, where it's just like, hey, here's I'm all my be- dirt. Yeah, like I'm I am now my monetizing my personal life. Right. And she's making more money monetizing her personal life than any of us will ever see. Yeah. And then someone mentions her private life. Yeah. And she's like, how, how dare you? That's off like, limits. So it's like, nah, nah, nah. like if it was just some lady. Right. The, yeah. All right. Don't don't be mean to some lady. Right. But some lady who's sitting in the front row of the Oscars and making millions of dollars talking about her freaking uh, whatever's going on in her life. And then you mention what's going on in her life. Mm -hmm. Don't cry any tears for... Also, these ghouls. Have you ever seen these fucking people's house? (laughs) The Smiths? Have you seen the the estate? Nobody should live like this. And the fact that they live the way that they do Uh is... Great. More power to them. Do it. But like everybody should be able to say whatever shit they want to their faces and they should be able to be like, hey, my life is the best. I don't care. Yeah. And even like, compared uh, to you, Chris no, Rock, a very yeah. uh, successful rich man. Nobody needs to get slapped over it. Right. Yeah. All right. That's a fucked up thing to say. Maybe I'm going to go home and continue living in paradise. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, all right. So you debatable whether or not Chris Rock should have said that. I think most people should have have said it twice. I think a lot of people can agree like, yeah, Will Smith shouldn't have slapped him, but But it was hilarious that he did, (laughs) but it was very funny that he did. Yeah. Chris Rock could have gotten very hurt, but he didn't. Yeah. So say la vie. Yeah. When they do stunts in movies, sometimes people die. People can get very hurt. But we don't watch uh, Mission Impossible and we go, oh, well, what if he had fallen off that plane? All right. Well, he Mm. didn't. If Mm. he fell off that plane and we showed this footage in this movie, that'd be horrific. I mean, they're going to do that one day with Tom Cruise. I don't know. I watched like a YouTube video once about um, like, uh, you know, I think it was like on screen deaths. Mm -hmm. And most of them, of course, were ones that did not make it in the movie. But then there was one I think it was like an like an Indian movie in the 70s. 
and the guy uh, was like hanging on to like a, a rope on a helicopter and he couldn't hold on anymore and he let go and they like put that after the credits like it was a fucking blooper reel <laughs> you know and of course he died yeah yeah i don't know if they showed him like hit the ground but they showed him like it's you know, a tribute tom <laughs> tribute and now you know well they put it after all the bloopers so. <laughs> but it wasn't that kind of situation it was a guy slapping another guy nobody got that hurt it was fine nobody got lasting damage it was fine Let's see it again. Let's let's get more. Let's roll the dice again. <laughs> I'm just going to be... The only thing that'll piss me off about the slap <laughs> is if Chris Rock declines to, like, um, do a size... No, to do a... Declines to do a sizable chunk in his stand-up. Oh, about it. Eviscerating Will, Will Smith. Smith and, and Jada Smith yeah. and the, their whole family. They're all... Adults now, right? All the kids. I mean, the kids had they didn't have a chance, but also they grew up in freaking Xanadu. Like, yeah, it's fine. Like, Tom, look up Will Smith's house. Oh god. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna look up Will Smith's house, Tim. We're talking about on the road this week. So, like I said, I made an executive decision from the other end of the boardroom last week after uh, after we had done the episode. That this first draft with no chapter, no chapters, no paragraphs, just a wall of text was uh, too difficult to read and like kind of keep track of. I made this decision when I had to slice up like, okay, how how, if for people that want to read along, what's the reading schedule look like? Right. And when I went to do that, it's like, well, what am I going to do? Just give out the page numbers there. I think there's a, a hardcover version of this book. It probably has different page numbers. You were bragging about how much, uh, how like hardcore you were for reading yeah. that other version. Well, I was wrong, Tim. I'm a man who can admit he's wrong. Like Will Smith himself. Uh, I was uh, Will Smith was wrong to slap him and he apologized like a few days later <laughs> by having his uh, publicist <laughs> write something on his Instagram. I'm more of a uh, more of a man than Will Smith, Tim, because here I am apologizing in my own voice. Look at Will Smith's estate. That's like a small town. Yeah, it's like numerous houses, like swimming pools, tennis courts. This is in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, there's like multiple lakes, it looks like, on the property. Yeah. Uh, what does he got? Different house for his wife to have sex with other men in. <laughs> nah, she probably does that in uh, their marital bed. Well, Tim, if you're interested in cuckolding, uh, then you're going to be interested in this book, in, in this book a little bit later. Oh. Um, all right. So I, I roughly figured out where I am. And uh, started this this week on um, chapter nine of part one. Okay. Not only does the the actual published version of this, though the one that was only one available for fifty years, have uh, chapters. It has like it has parts, and a lot of the chapters are pretty short, hmm. which is nice. And you all, love short chapters, like you're reading the dang Da Vinci Code. Exactly. Well, and also these short the chapters. are all happen like very naturally you know like when you're reading it it's like oh okay yeah that chapter was all about this one night and now the next chapter takes place you know weeks later he's in a different place that's how things work i know but but the idea you've written several books i know but the idea of writing of putting this book out and being like, there can't be chapters in it when there when there's very naturally places for chapters to be Okay. So anyway, uh, I'm not even going to ask you what happened last time because I don't even know what happened last time. You liked it. I liked it. I didn't like the format of it. Right. Um, now I'm reading it. I, I still like I like the way it's written a lot. Like it, it's it's definitely written in a very uh, like he use he doesn't use a lot of like flowery language, mm-hmm. but he does sometimes. But it's very it's it's usually like to to set a scene to describe 
uh, a place in in a in a certain time, and I feel like it's very uh, evocative. It, it it does make you really feel like you're there. So I like that stuff. Eh, some of the other stuff's a little problematic, as we'll get to. Tom, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. You reading this? You token up? No, I'm not token up. I wouldn't be able to do that while I'm reading. I wouldn't remember what I had read the page before. Really? Yeah. Toke up when I'm reading all the time. (laughs) Wow. What a cool guy. (laughs) Smoked pot in 20 years. (laughs) Um, All right. So chapter nine. I forget where we are here. I want to say maybe we're still in Colorado or somewhere around there. So he's taking a trip across the United States. Yeah, but like back and forth over like a number of years. Okay. This book covers. Um, so they're they're like hanging out, and there's a uh, an old miner's house at the edge of town. Old miner. Yeah, an old miner's oh, house. Okay. But I think it's not. It doesn't belong to an old miner. It's a miner's house, and it's old. Okay. Uh, and I believe not really being used anymore. Um, so they could sleep there for the weekend. All they had to do was clean it out and, and they could even throw parties there. Who said, uh, I don't know, like some other hipster in town was like, yeah, "Yeah, you can do this. Um, so, uh, uh, (laughs) I just have highlighted. So I took off my duds and joined the boys in the cleaning. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're, uh, they're like cleaning. <laughs> that's, that's what you highlighted. <laughs> yeah. Took off my duds. They're, they're cleaning all day. There's like an opera in town. Ooh. Um, is this about to get high class? Uh, yeah, but then very quickly low class. It's, uh, it's Do they like, go to the, the opera and then act boorishly? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish, um, <laughs> to do a three stooges situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, it all it all started with uh, there was a woman seated in front of them that had hair that was too high oh, that they God. couldn't see past, and she had this little <laughs> opera binoculars. And oh boy, um, no, basically it's like a like an old mining town. Uh, we're told that it used to be like a very rich town, uh, maybe even like a vacation. It sounds like a mining town where there was gold or something. So right. it was like a boom town. There was a bunch of money, but now those years are past. But there's still like a traveling opera there. Um, uh, we all took baths and sang, isn't this great? Tim Gray kept saying, use the opera stars, bathroom and towels and shaving lotion and electric razors. So they're like friends with the people in the opera too. Hmm. Uh, cause presumably Show it's folk. like also young people. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're in central city. Uh, central city is two miles high. At first you get drunk on the altitude, then you get tired and there's a fever in your soul. Uh, the opera's over, and great crowds of young girls came piling into our place. Rollin, Rollins and Tim and I licked our lips. We grabbed them and danced. There was no music, just dancing. That doesn't sound like fun. Yeah. Hey, grab a Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> hey, idiot. I wish Dean and Carlo were there. Then I realized they'd be out of place and unhappy. They were like the the man with the dungeon stone and the gloom rising from the underground, the sword hipsters of America. Who a, are these people again? A new beat generation that I was slowly joining. Uh, Dean and Carlo, let me see. Dean I, Moriarty. No, don't tell me their real names. Oh, uh, That's okay. not going to, like, uh, <laughs> these are just guys that he's hanging out with. Yeah, but they're not there right now. Okay. And he's like, ah, I wish these guys yeah, were no, here. Yeah, I got that, yeah. But then he's like, oh, these guys are like, kind of stick in the mud sometimes. Carlo is but uh, then he's like, Alan Ginsberg. Uh, but they're too cool for school, but I'm yeah. becoming too cool for school as I'm dancing with no music to these with these women yeah that, uh, and then he wrote the girls were terrific they went out in the backyard and necked with us mm. so there was necking at this party um i don't think you should be reading this book tom <laughs> well it gets worse so that's just kind of like in a you know like a fun little diversion like this time they they had a miner's house and they cleaned it up and they threw a huge party mm-hmm. also these parties sound like so frantic like, 
during this party, there's like three different times they like leave and go to a bar and then come back. It's like, what are you doing? Just stay at the party, guys. Just well, relax. Well, they don't even have music there. <laughs> yeah. Well, How I good guess. could this party be? Well, they got a bunch of opera singers. Is mm. Hey, maestro, uh, strike up the band. Mm. Oh. So you think operas? <laughs> yeah, just vocal warm-ups. <laughs> Well, that was them doing the warm-ups, me, 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 and then they would sing, Ave Maria. <laughs> That's what I think opera is. Um, so you know opera is? Yeah. Uh, so then, uh, I think nothing really happened. I think chapter 10 was a short chapter. I don't have any notes for it. Um, now he's going to uh, San Francisco. He's like, I got to get out. If you're going to San Francisco, write about it in a book called On the Road. <laughs> well, don't, no, don't do that because that book's already. That's what, but, no, that's why he uh, wrote this book. Because he heard that song. He heard that song. How do you hear that song? What do you mean? On when, the radio. When did that song come out? Before this, I think. Did it? In the 40s? Sure. <laughs> when did the book come out? Uh, well, it, it, currently here, it's like 1947. When he's, no, but when did the book come 1957. out? 1957. Yeah, all right. So he had a lot of time. Oh, so you're saying- He well, wasn't we'll writing it at the, the time. Well, we'll see if it's in the original scroll. Mm. <laughs> Get the scroll. <laughs> um, so he's taking the bus. He, you know, When he's got a little bit of scratch, he's able to take the bus. Money. And not have to hitchhike. Um, so he's excited, uh, and then he, he gets to San Francisco. How old is he when this is all happening? At this point, I want to say he's like mid twenties. Okay. Um, maybe like 25. been like this when I was in my mid twenties. Yeah. And I mean, he's very aware of like, like, Hey, I'm in my twenties. This is my time to be doing this right. stuff. Um, so he gets to San Francisco. Do you Pan- regret not doing stuff like that in your twenties? Um, not Taking really. a bus to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it would have been all that fun. Uh, we went to San Francisco when we were in our 20s, and yeah. we raised hell. We had fun. We should write a book about it. AJ kicked over uh, the recycling can full yeah. of glass yeah. into oh, the street. Yeah. Hey, Jack Kerouac, let's see you top that. You didn't even have recycling cans back then, you idiot. Yeah. So how could you top it? <laughs> um, we so- set off the... We didn't. But they set off the fire alarm in uh, the yeah. hotel in the middle of the night. Did Jack Kerouac do that? No, I don't think they had fire alarms back then. Wow. Um, so he gets there. He finds his friend Remy. Uh, and Remy's a cool name. Yeah. And he's like uh, hanging out. Um, he said, I, I had just come through this little fishing village of Sausalito. And the first thing I said was, there must be a lot of Italians in Sausalito. And, uh, this guy, Remy thinks that's like the funniest thing he's ever heard. I like Sausalito. You ever been? Yeah, I've been to Sausalito. It's nice. So maybe Remy should relax. Maybe he said there must be a lot of Italians there because he thinks Italians like nice places. Probably. I think, I think was... he just thought like, oh, it's like an Italian name. Yeah, sausage. Yeah, <laughs> sausage Lido. Um, so he explains the situation of the uh, uh, of like the the arrangements there. The pitch was this: Remy slept with Leanne in the bed across the room, and I slept in the cot by the window. I was not to touch Leanne. Remy at once made a speech concerning this. I don't want to find you two playing around when you think I'm not looking. You can't teach the old maestro a new tune. This is an original <laughs> saying of mine. <laughs> that's pretty cool i looked and then and then now we're we're back to jack kerouac i looked at leanne she was a fetching hunk hunk (laughs) a honey a honey colored creature but there was hate in her eyes for both of us i guess back in like the 40s uh even women could be hunks yeah as long as they were fetching do you think she was uh strong like arnold Maybe, maybe that's what made her a hunk. Yeah, she looked just like or, Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> who at this time was but a boy, maybe not even born yet. Yeah, he was alive. He was born. He was a boy. Oh, well, he um, was there. 
Yeah. He was in San Francisco with them. <laughs> I, I'll sleep in the other cot. <laughs> I'll keep, and don't worry, I'll stay away from your There's wife. The boy saying this? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so Remy, so of course, like, you know, Jack Kerouac, he, he's always short on cash. Uh, sometimes he's got no cash at all. So Remy's like, oh, I'll get the same kind of job I have as a guard in the barracks. And now he doesn't explain further if it's like army barracks. I don't think so, though. I think it's like like prison barracks. Okay. So he's like a prison guard, basically. For who? I don't know. Maybe it is the army. Okay. <laughs> it just says barracks. Um, uh, I, I went through the necessary routine, and to my surprise, the bastards hired me. I was sworn in by the local police chief, given a badge, a club, and now I was a special policeman. Um, and uh, but then he talks about like doing uh, patrols in the barracks, and this guy said, "Have a drink for Christ's sakes!" I didn't mind if I did. I took two. <laughs> there was a lot of this. You know, we talked last week. I think Jack Kerouac died of forty-seven from mm-hmm. drinking too much. And yeah, there's a lot in this where we're like, oh yeah, I could see how that happened. Um, so he basically has like he has the same attitude with you know being a guard in these barracks that I did as an RA which was basically like just don't get I don't want to lose this job don't as long as you don't get me in trouble don't do anything egregious yeah, uh, yeah. don't do anything that I can't look the other way about and we'll all be okay don't do anything dangerous I don't think he cared about that I didn't want my students doing anything dangerous my residents um but I'm a better man than Jack Kerouac. Uh, we were more of a coward. And I went to all the doors in this manner. And pretty soon I was as drunk as any as anybody else. Um, oh, he was always showing me holds, reaching down under my crotch and lifting me up nimbly. Uh, Who? Just I, I think Remy. Oh. Um, uh, you tell that Tex ass son of a bitch. If my brother ain't out of jail tomorrow night, he's going to get his ass fixed. This book is just rambling about random shit that happened. Yeah, basically. Okay. Um, <laughs> then he talks about this, this guy, Remy tells him, uh, for years I've had an idea to develop a dog into a super thief who'd go into these guys' room and take dollars out of their pockets. I trained to take nothing but green money. I'd make him smell it all day long. If there is any humanly possible way I'd train him to only take twenties. <laughs> Remy's cool. He's coming up with phrases. He's trying He's to He's coming make up dogs. with original phrases. <laughs> He's talking about his dreams of uh developing a dog into a super thief. Um, the thing is, well, yeah. Oh, and then he also tells him soon after, you must write a story about the banana king. He warned me, don't pull any tricks on the old maestro and write about something else. But the banana king is your meat. There stands the banana king. And then he says, the banana king was an old man selling bananas on the corner. (laughs) (laughs) I told him I didn't give a damn about the banana king. He said, until you realize the importance of the banana king, you'll know absolutely nothing about the human interest things of this world, said Remy emphatically. Um, I'd like to meet Remy. Remy's like the first, like, just straight up cool guy I've heard in this. I mean, he sucks, but... Not as much as these other guys suck, which we'll get to. Uh, Remy also, they like go, there's like some abandoned ship out, in, out I assume, like in the bay there. And uh, they they go out to like see if there's anything to take off the ship, but the ship's been there for years. It's been stripped of anything worthwhile. And uh, he says uh, they like to sleep in the ship. You know, he's like, oh, I'd be they- too nervous to sleep in an abandoned ship. Well, he says I'd love to sleep in this old ship some night when the fog comes in and the thing creaks and you hear the big bo of the buoys. Remy was astonished. His admiration for me doubled. Sal, which is Jack, I'll pay you $5 if you have the nerve to do that. Don't you realize this thing may be haunted by the ghosts of old sea captains? I'll not only pay you five, I'll row you out and pack you a lunch and lend you blankets and a candle. Agreed, I said. Remy ran to tell Leanne. I want to jump down from a mast and land right in her, but I get my promise to Remy. <laughs> so yeah, he's already eyeing up uh, Leanne. Hmm. Um... Meanwhile, I was going to Frisco more often. I tried everything in the books to make a girl. 
I even spent a whole night with a girl on a park bench till dawn without success. Oh, then he says like a bunch of like real bad things about uh, homosexuals, which I'm not going to repeat. Uh, and he even says at the end of it, um, well, I'll, I'll summarize it. to I won't say any of the bad parts, but to tell you how bad this is, he just talks about how, you know, there, there are a lot of gay people in San Francisco. And he says, uh, uh, several times I went to San Fran with my gun and when a blank approached me in a bar, I took out the gun and said, hey, hey, what's that you say? I never understood why I did that. I knew gay people all over the country. He uses slurs there, but yeah. Um, so it is like a weird thing where it's like, he's like, why am I doing this? I know gay people like I have gay friends, but I still threaten them with a gun. I'll still threaten them with a gun whenever I get the chance to in like their home city, which at the time was like the, probably the only place in America where you could even vaguely be out in any way. And he's like, Oh yeah. And I'm cool with that, but I'll go there with my gun and just sit in random bars trying to make with girls. Um, and then, oh, they they also, him and Remy, like, steal a lot from uh, from where they work. Okay. But then he says, uh, to show you what a heart that guy had, uh, he donated half the stolen vegetables, half the stolen groceries uh, to a poor widow he knew in Richmond in a housing project. It's like, okay, he, but he only donated half of them. <laughs> he I kept mean, the other half. Yeah. I guess it's better than nothing, but it's still still not great. I'm on Remy's side. Next chapter. In the morning, Remy and Leanne were asleep as uh, quietly packed and slipped out the window the same way I came and left for Mill City with my canvas bag. Um, he meets this uh, this girl on, I think her name's Lucille, on, on a bus. Uh, she's uh, Mexican. And, uh, he, you know, he, he's just like, he's, he's desperate, you know. If they had pick for up, love, yeah. If they had pickup artist courses in the forties, Jack Kerouac would have been first in line signing up for him at this point. He 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 desperately he's he's horny, but he also like desperate. He's like a romantic. He desperately wants to fall in love. Did Jack Kerouac fight in the war? Um, if he, he did, he didn't mention it. Okay, I feel like maybe he did, but like not. Like maybe he didn't see a lot of combat or whatever. You just <laughs> guessing about that? Yeah, no, I'm guessing he was a little too young that he might have like just missed being drafted. Okay. Based based on the timeline here. Um so anyway, he he like oh no, her name's Terry. Lucille's a different woman. Um and he, he just kind of like uh, he has like a weird thing with her where she thinks at one point he thinks he's scamming her. Then she thinks he's scamming. She's scamming him. But who's zooming who? Yeah. But eventually they uh, um, they they get together and uh, they're, you know, having having fun being being in love Um they go to, I believe they go like further south in, in uh, California, and she needs work too. She's escaping an abusive marriage. She's got a seven-year-old son that she's left with family, and uh, oh, I, I have this highlighted this one line. Uh, who did they think they were? yaying at somebody on the road just because they were little high school punks and their parents carved the roast beef on Sunday afternoons. <laughs> I started using that phrase. Ah, oh, look at these kids. I bet their parents carved the b- roast beef on Sunday afternoons. I don't afternoon. understand what that means. I don't know. But it's basically like some, some high school kids like heckled them uh-huh. out of like, I don't know, a car. And like he just gets like so mad about it. Um, but Remember they, when we would heckle people out of cars in <laughs> yeah, high school? constantly. And for usually with, like, nonsense. Like, yeah. things that didn't apply to them. Yeah. Uh, just to make it fun. Yeah. We were jerks in high school. Uh, of course. I mean, we you were. were a bigger jerk than well, me. You were a pretty big jerk, too. <laughs> um, so he meets, he meets uh, her family. Uh, her brother's name was Ricky. He had a 37 Chevy. 
Um, uh, we piled uh, into call that. Me when it's a fifty-seven, Chevy. we piled into that for parts unknown. Where are we going? I asked. The buddy did the explaining. His name was Ponzo. That's where everybody kept calling him. He stank. I found out why. His business was selling manure to farmers. <laughs> so this guy smelled like shit. And Ponzo's kind of got the hots for uh, Terry. Okay. So he's always like, eh, this guy Ponzo. But also he's like not threatened by Ponzo because he literally smells like shit all the time. Um, more liquor. And he's like, oh, these guys have liquor. Great. Um the Ponzo's like we can we can get work uh, manure. I know the manure trade. We'll we'll go to farmers. We'll get the manure. We'll sell the manure to other farmers. Uh, uh, easy work, no problem. He goes out with them. I think like two separate days to do this. And both days they is like get no work, but they get hammered. Um, which Jack Kerouac doesn't mind, but he he needs money. Um. Yeah, they're they're like staying him and Terry. What is he eating this whole time? Uh, he explains occasionally. Oh, on the bus, he uh, the bus ride from Denver to L.A. Or no, I'm sorry, from San Francisco to L.A. What was going on? I think he was gonna go back to New Jersey, but he didn't. I don't know. But uh, he he bought a loaf of bread and a, a stick of salami, and he made ten salami sandwiches. Oh, that's cool to be his meals. Um, I used to love salami sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. I've never really had a salami sandwich. Oh, you should have one with some I mean, provolone. Tom? Well, I've some had mustard, a, uh, mustard, like not an mustard. An Italian sandwich, like an Italian sub. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is just get some just bread, salami, and provolone. Yeah. Right. Some mustard. Maybe I'll maybe maybe I'll be tomorrow's lunch. Maybe hey. I'll make ten sandwiches. Make ten sandwiches. He didn't seem to have any provolone. No, he didn't mention it. Um they're staying That can be special for your sandwiches. <laughs> they're staying in yeah, that that that's what separates me from Jack Harrow. Yeah. Um he might be a better writer than me. But I make a better uh bologna sandwich. Not bologna. <laughs> Salami. Salami sandwich. Can I get half a pound of Genoa? Is that what people half would say to you? Half a pound of Genoa? Tim, let me ask you this. You used to work in a in a butcher shop yeah, in a deli the, type the lady thing. Lady today asked me for half a pound of Genoa. Is it normal? Do people ever order, instead of by giving weights, number of slices? No. Somebody in front of me did that the other day at the deli. They were like, can I get, you know, 20 slices of roast beef? What did the deli counter? He happily did it. And I was wondering two things. First off, should I do that? Because would that be a better guide of like, okay, on a sandwich, I put like four slices of meat. So let me order 20 slices. That's all my lunches for the week. But also, would it make it easier for this guy because then he doesn't have to worry about like weighing it. Weighing properly. is fine. Weighing is fine, Tom. I've, what about uh, when you go too over or too under, or are you just saying they they have a feel for it? They have a feel for it. You you always go too under. Yeah. You throw it up, Tom. They got a scale right next to that thing. Oh They're, yeah, I guess they do. Huh? And then it's it's uh, under. You you put you put. You're learning it, all the butcher secrets. Yeah, and you you just go up to the weight, and also Tom. Mm-hmm. What this guy and what you're thinking, you're not accounting for thickness, yeah. right? And everybody's gonna have a different type of thickness, right? Yeah, but I never order by thickness. I I just go by the default. No, no. But what I'm saying is, uh-huh. you got Joe cutting one day, you got oh, Lou okay, cutting yeah. another day. They're not cutting the same thickness, right? So if you're going by like, here's the number of slices, right? Because you, I might adjust the slices myself if some are too thin or too thick. Exactly. You'll be like, oh, these are thin, and you're gonna put you got a half pound. You're you're gonna put maybe I don't know a third of a pound on your sandwich, uh-huh. no matter what you know. Yeah. Or maybe not a third of a pound, but you know, <laughs> you're gonna put a a certain amount. Yeah, a quarter of a pound yeah, or something. The amount that you want. Yeah. So um, should I have yelled at this woman and told no, her, hey, don't, don't I, do that? I think you played it right by just <laughs> not saying anything, <laughs> shutting the fuck up. You know, you can never tell when you're in line at the deli. <laughs> I think maybe you should have slapped somebody. <laughs> yeah, if, if you should uh, butt in on other people's yeah. orders. This, oh my God, this woman was ordering like the entire deli, but was ordering like 
very small quantities of basically everything. Uh, I hate it. Oh, yeah. Believe quarter, me. Quarter of a pound of this, eighth of a pound of that. Like, it was insane. Oh, so upset. Tom, I was at a CVS on uh, the night before uh, Easter. Okay. Would you think that Easter that's Eve. a day, a night where, you know, the line would be, um, you know, like 35 people deep? Yeah, because I could see a lot of people getting last minute Easter things. Yeah, but like Easter, and, and them, what are we And doing? them not having very many people on working. There were two people working. Yeah. Um, I was buying... Dude, baby medicine, infant Tylenol, Tom. <laughs> uh-huh. And I was behind all these people buying like all this chocolate. My son's sick, and you're but, like, buying really, chocolate. But like, and and to get, and uh, this one lady was up, and she like she's she had coupons on her phone, uh-huh. and like uh, so they weren't like, working. And... and so she's like, "Oh, I had to walk outside and come back in, and then it works." <laughs> and the guy who was ringing her up was like. Okay, yeah, take your time. <laughs> and like, I have to walk. Did it work when she did that? It did. And she's like, oh, it did. What the hell? But then, oh. like, she wow. was like, oh, this was supposed to be 40 cents off. You only gave me 30 cents off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, ah. Uh, you imagine. Now it. I know why people just fucking snap. <laughs> you imagine if you told somebody 50 years ago, one day there will be a coupon so futuristic, you'll have to leave the store and come back. <laughs> And the coupon, this lady was the fucking alive in that Sicko. Um, and this guy, this guy was trying to do shtick with me when I got. I, I had clearly been in line because uh-huh. he was on the phone with somebody else, like in the pharmacy department, being like, "We got nobody out up here, yeah. and the line is blah blah blah." He's freaking out. And then uh, I get up there. He crumples up like an old receipt, and like. Throw, does like a basketball shot to the uh-huh. to the garbage and he missed. He went ah so close. As he's ringing up me, who looks harried buying, <laughs> buying baby medicine, infant Tylenol. After he knows I've been online for like yeah. thirty five minutes, and I'm like, hey, can we? Can you just ring me up here? I'm yeah. not like, hey, oh yeah, you're playing basketball uh, back there. Hey, could I, I get uh, next? Uh. That's actually that's kind of crazy because anytime. Uh, when I worked retail, anytime like there were long lines, especially like, you know, my last few years working retail, like I was a manager and like, I had nothing to do with like the cash registers. That was like different managers, Mm -hmm. but I would jump on a cash register just because it was like, look, all a long line accomplishes is that by the time those people in the back or in the front, they're going to be pissed yeah and like me as a manager i'm gonna have to talk to that person because if we're out of whatever it is they're here to buy or if something's a different price than they thought it was i'd rather them find that out in five minutes than 15 yeah so yeah yeah i I never get when places have no urgency and then a lady was leaving i think the manager was leaving Uh uh-huh and like Came up and like taught and like had like small talk with one of the cashiers. Yeah. Like, blah, blah, blah. it's like, get the fuck out of here, lady. <laughs> yeah, it's Easter Saturday, and not even that, it's just a long line. And also, some of these people in this line were buying like, like, probably like four dollars worth of chocolate. It's like, go somewhere else. <laughs> Cut bait. Like, you don't yeah. have to stay on this line. They sell fucking chocolate a lot of places. Yeah, but a Saturday before Easter, how many of those places are going to be open? What do you mean Saturday? Nobody cares about Easter. Easter is a thing. If I'm in thing. line, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to get out of line and go to a No, just don't get in the line. Store. Don't get in the line. You walk in and be like, oh, I'm buying $3.90 worth of items here. Yeah, but I really That's not worth it. waiting for 40 minutes. You can go- 40 minutes. Tom- It was a long line. Tim, have you ever considered writing a book called On the Line about your experiences waiting in lines? I mean... It's a, you've got some pretty good stories. I would read it. This is a, a, a I, fortuitous. Tim, I would even read the original scroll. <laughs> you say that you'd be real <laughs> proud of yourself for it. Then you'd then you'd bail. Um, so uh, Jack and Terry, they're they're staying in like a tent. They're like renting a tent from a motel. 
So it's like motels that they're like, you don't have enough room for, you don't have enough money for a room, which is $2. We have $1 tents mm. that you can stay in. Like Jesus on Christmas. Yeah. Well, so he's staying there. Now uh, Terry's son, seven-year-old son, Johnny's with them. Oh, there's kids in this now? Yeah. Uh, don't well, bring kids well, into this debauchery. That, that night, Terry and I went to bed in the sweet night air beneath our dewy tent. I was just getting ready to go to sleep when she said, you want to love me now? I said, what about Johnny? She said, he don't mind. He's asleep. But Johnny wasn't asleep, and he said nothing. So presumably so did they, he did. Did he love her? Yeah. And, uh, John, and Johnny was traumatized. <laughs> exactly. Um, so they finally get job jobs picking cotton. Okay. And now Jack Kerouac's like, oh, this is going to be easy. <laughs> picking cotton, a notoriously easy job. <laughs> Um, and he's like, oh, great. They pay this much money for a hundred pounds of cotton. I can easily pick 300 pounds of cotton a day and I'll make $9 a day. That'll be great. Uh, first day picking cotton, he can pick 50 pounds of cotton mm. and that's working all day. And, you know, his fingers are bleeding and he, he, his back is all, uh, when we were in fourth grade. Mm hmm. Chorus. Were you in chorus in grade no, school? No, no. They had us sing this song. It's a bunch of white oh, kids. Oh, no. Gotta jump like down, turn around, sing, pick a bell of cotton. Gotta jump down, turn around, pick a bell a day. Oh, Lord, pick a bell. <laughs> oh, and it was yikes. like, and like, it was like, it was an intricate, like, uh, arrangement, and there were like yeah. rounds in it, and like, but like, and I remember, like, we sang it at the concert, uh-huh. and then uh, at the at the very end, the principal jumped up, like, at the very moment it ended, and was like, woohoo, like, you guys pulled it off. It you like, did it. How did they let that fucking happen? Why did they let us, why did they let us sing that? It why did the they 80s. have us sing? They didn't know. Uh, they were like, ah, oh, this insane. is fine. This is paying tribute. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, he goes to a bar again. Uh, uh, I could feel the pull of my, oh yeah. So basically he, he has like one day of hard work and he says, I could feel the pull of my own life calling me back. I shot my aunt a penny postcard across the land and asked her for another 50. So yeah, this guy's just like a, every time he gets it and like literally earlier in the day, he's picking cotton and he's like, and he's like sees like a like an old black man picking cotton who had obviously been doing it his whole life and he's like look at that uh i'm going to be like that guy i'm basically like that guy i think this is what my life's going to be i may have another 50 dollars <laughs> yeah. please we need to get out of here um and then he says well like a daddy i was on the road again oh no this is when he buys a loaf of bread and salami and makes himself 10 sandwiches uh, but yeah, so basically he goes from like, I'm going to provide for this woman and, uh, her son by picking cotton. And then he's like, Oh, picking cotton's hard. Fuck it. Auntie, <laughs> give me money. And then runs away. Um, I mean, that's what I would have done. Yeah. But I wouldn't write about it. <laughs> uh, uh, he's back on back. Yeah. You know, he's got these salami sandwiches. He's on the, uh, bus <laughs> sitting pretty. <laughs> Well, Tim, he made an acquaintance of a girl, and they necked all the way to Indianapolis. Wow. A lot of necking in this book. Yeah. She invited me to come there. Uh, We made a date to meet at a New York hotel anyway. He makes like a lot of um, like, you know, again, it's wild to think about back then, the lack of phones and everything. Where it's like, oh, I'm not going to come now, but how about uh, like May 27th, we meet at this hotel. And if anything changes, uh, there will be no way of notifying each other. I, I love stuff like that. Yeah. You just wouldn't make plans at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he meets some fun people again. He meets this one guy. And this guy says, I got I got me a fine belt here somewheres. Got it in Frederick, Maryland. Damn now, did I leave that thing on the counter at Fredericksburg? Fredericksburg? And then he says, You mean Frederick? No, no, Fredericksburg, Virginia. He was and then he says he was always talking about Frederick, Maryland and Fredericksburg, Virginia. 
That's a bird. That's my favorite guy. Yeah. Um. Uh. Oh, then he talks about this guy. It might have been the same guy. Uh, and it's funny. How because, did this become a classic? <laughs> I don't. Some of it is fun. Like all the parts where he's just traveling by himself, I like. It's when he's with his knucklehead friends that it, it just gets like borderline insufferable. Um, so he he's uh, uh, with this other guy. I thought this was interesting, so I highlighted it. A skinny, haggard man who believed in controlled starvation for the sake of health. When I told him I was starving to death as we rolled east, he said, fine, fine, there's nothing better for you. I haven't eaten in, in for three days. I'm going to live to be 150 years old. And it's like, now modern science has proved, like, that is right. What? Like, Not eating less is a way to, like, prolong. They've done these, like, experiments with rats where they basically keep the rats on like borderline starvation and they live longer. Really? Yeah. Why and are we a not bunch, doing that? There are people that do no, it. No, me and you. Because I don't want to fucking starve. I like eating. Yeah, I like eating too. Yeah. These are people where it's like they live on like 800 calories a day. Hmm. So they're literally always hungry. Not not starving. They have like enough to sustain You get them. used to it. I watched a documentary about these people and they weren't used to it. Tom, <laughs> they all looked like shit too. Uh, when I'm, uh, you ever get an itch and you're like, I'm not going to scratch it for like three minutes. No. And then at some point you become one with the itch and it's yeah. fine. And it still itches, but you've removed the psychological need to scratch it. Okay. And so you coexist with the itch. So you think you're going to be able to do this with starvation? I can coexist with some hunger. Okay, let's see. Let's see if uh, this time next week when you come back, I want to hear you haven't eaten for three days. No, no, not 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 eaten. You said uh, 800, 800 calories. I want to hear you've only How eaten. many mozzarella sticks is that? <laughs> Tim, I think you'd be shocked if you knew how few mozzarella sticks it was. Um, so now we get to part two of the book. Oh, Jesus. I thought we were done. I learned that Dean had lived happily with Camille. Uh, okay. So Dean, Dean Moriarty, uh, he's living with Camille. That's his second wife now. Okay. Uh, he got a job on the railroad and made Camille's some money. Camille's a cool name. Yeah. Some good names in this book. He became, Remy, Camille. He became the father of a cute little girl, Amy Moriarty. Then suddenly he blew his top while walking down the street one day. He saw, saw a 49 Hudson for sale and rushed to the bank for his entire role. He bought the car on the spot. Ed Dunkel was with him. Now they were broke. Uh, Dean calmed Camille's fear and told her he'd be back in a month. I'm going to New York and bring Sal back. She wasn't pleased at this prospect. Uh, yeah, and it, that wasn't the case. He was just abandoning his wife and the <laughs> kid. Uh, this this guy Ed Ed Dunkel, uh, he, he the Ed, original co-host of American Idol. <laughs> no, Dunkelman. That was that guy's name, right? Uh, Ed Dunkel's got like a girlfriend and, and Dean's like, yeah, your girlfriend's rich. Get some money from her. And she's like, I won't do that unless you marry me. So he's like, oh, fine. Uh, by the time they got to Tucson, she was broke. Uh, Dean and Ed gave her the slip. So basically he married this woman. She ran out of money. They abandoned, they left her. Um, and then, uh, uh, Dean went back to his first wife, Mary Lou. He found her. They like went to Denver and he just like checked all the hotels, found her. They had 10 hours of wild love making. Love making. Uh, uh, Speed demon. Uh, and then he says uh, about this, this was the new and complete Dean grown to maturity. I said to myself, my God, he's changed. <laughs> he abandoned his wife and his new daughter to go shack up with his, uh, to buy a car he couldn't afford and then go shack up with his old wife. Um, yeah, it's cool. He used to be uh, mature. Yeah. Uh, then, then they go to this uh, uh, hamburger restaurant. It's 3 a.m., and the guy heard the, the the guy heard them talking about money, and he offered to give them the hamburgers for free plus more coffee if we pitched in and washed dishes in the back because his regular man hadn't shown up. We jumped to it. Ed Dunkel said he was an old pearl diver from way back and pitched his arms into the dishes. 
Dean stood around, googing around with a towel. So did Mary Lou. Finally, they started necking among the pots and pans. They withdrew to a dark corner in the pantry. Um, so basically, this is like uh, like Dean's Dean's the kind of guy that like says something creepy to your girlfriend. <laughs> And then, like, doesn't help with anything. Yeah. Maybe steals from you and swears he Regular didn't steal from you. Tom Reynolds. Yeah, Tom Reynolds. Um, uh, yeah. And then he says something else bad. Uh, he says a lot of bad things. Um, so now it's New Year's weekend. Um, uh, when Lucille, who's Lucille now? I'm trying to remember. Lucille's like another, oh, it, Lucille's like his new girlfriend, uh, uh, Jack Kerouac's. When Lucille saw me with Dean and Mary Lou, her face darkened, she sentenced the madness they put in me. I don't like when you're with them. Ah, it's all right. It's just kicks. We only live once. We're having a good time. No, it's sad and I don't like it. <laughs> and she's 100% right. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, uh, Mary Lou later makes love to to Dean, to not to Dean, to, to Sal, to Jack. Mm. She said uh, Dean was going to stay with Camille and she wanted me to go with her. Oh, no. The, Tom. Yeah, it's so confusing. All right, but. I knew my. Uh, all right, I'll get to it. All, uh, chapter five. This is what I wanted to get to. This is a big finale, Tim. <laughs> Suddenly, Dean leaned to me earnestly and said, Sal. I have to ask something of you. Very important to me. I wonder how you'll take it. We're buddies, aren't we? Sure are, Dean. He almost blushed. Finally, he came out with it. He, want, we'd, he wanted me to work Mary Lou. I didn't ask him why, because I knew he wanted to see what Mary Lou was like with another man. The bed had been the deathbed of a big man and sagged in the middle. <laughs> What? Yeah. So basically, he watched. He was like, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. hey, uh, bone my wife. Right. And uh, Jack, like, kind of couldn't do it. And then later, he just kind of, like, writes off that. Uh, and then Henry Hudson's bed. <laughs> yeah. But then later, he just kind of writes off that he's like, oh, I saw Mary Lou later. She was black and blue from a fight with Dean about something. His face was scratched. It was time to go. So Dean's also, you know, uh, abusing her. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool, guys. Yeah. I mean, and I I didn't even mention like a bunch of, you know, like racist shit he said. Uh, So, yeah. So do you get what I'm saying? Like the parts when he's not with Dean. And I I know that's what this book's famous for. Like it's a it's a two of them, you know, uh, raised in hell. And that's what I think most people liked about this book when it came out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I always just find it like this guy, Dean sucks. Like, like he's, he's just, uh, like a narcissistic asshole who doesn't think about anybody else. And like maybe in the fifties that was cute, <laughs> but it's like, ah, we've, we've seen enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> We're aware of that. We have reality TV. I can see a Dean Moriarty anytime I want and, and see through like, ah, eh, that's not actually very <laughs> cool. That's pretty lame uh but actually i'm curious dean moriarty you're on blast hey dean moriarty you better be canceled pal or you you better be careful pal or he might be canceled yeah you better be canceled pal i meant to look at the original scroll um to see we're both it's up on a shelf right now we keep looking at it yeah uh, I have a drone on top of it. A is that little, what that is? Yeah, You've been flying a drone around this <laughs> office? <laughs> no, uh, I can't fly a drone around here. It scares the shit out of my dog. Um, and understandably, because I'm not very good Do at controlling it. Do you fly it, it. Out to ladies' windows? Uh, yeah, and then I tap on the window huh? and well, use the microphone feature and say, Hey, what you doing right there? <laughs> Um, I think I told you I, I actually got to like finally fly that outside. It's a little tiny guy. Yeah. It was very cheap. Fifty bucks. Fifty thousand dollars. Uh yeah, I I thank you for translating. When I say fifty, <laughs> it means fifty yeah. large. Um but I flew it in Florida and mm-hmm. I learned because my thing was I was like, look, uh, any t- the last drone I had, I crashed the first time I flew it. Right. This thing probably 
good chance I'll do the same. So what I'm going to do is just fly the drone as high as I can mm. just to see what happens. If I'm going to crash it, at least let me fly it real high. And then I learned when I flew it real high that at some point it gets higher like it keeps going up, but it can't communicate with the remote uh, anymore. Yeah, yeah. So I couldn't bring it down. So I just had to like watch it. I mean, the battery only lasts like 10 minutes, but uh, people walking by on the beach, just seeing a guy standing by himself, staring up in the <laughs> sky for 10 minutes until it dropped. Uh, but it was lightweight enough and it was the sand. It, it actually didn't break. Nice. I flew a rich man's drone once. <laughs> You've told me about this. <laughs> Tom, it was fancy. I you, just hit a button. You and should. It went uh, so high. Well, th- I mean, this one has a button that it'll just go up. Mm, this is a, Tom. Uh, well, <laughs> Tom, how dare you? Well, how dare maybe, you compare this drone to the well, rich man's drone? Maybe you can clarify it, and I can read about it in uh, Tim Daniels on the line one day. <laughs> Um, but I meant to, uh, maybe by next week I'll, I'll check the original scroll cause I'm curious, uh, what, what the original scroll looked like with that whole cuck scene. Yeah. Cause like when I was reading it, I had to like go back because it was so vague that I was like, oh, I think that's what's happening. I think he's telling him, Hey, I want you to have sex with my first wife, not my current wife though. My yeah, first yeah, yeah. wife. Um, but I was like, is he? And then reading through it, I was like, yeah, that is what he's asking. But the language is so vague. Uh, I'm very curious what uh, what the first draft, the first draft is probably like absolutely filthy. It probably probably not get published today. It's so filthy. Well, I no. mean, I guess not. Nothing happened. He, he, no, he was like, I don't, you know. I don't want to do this. I think he's most like, I want to do this with you watching me <laughs> in, a, in a, a dead fat man's bed. Yeah, where were they? Uh, at this it point, matter. yeah, I forget where. None of this matters. Maybe New York. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, he's... you know what? All this book makes me realize that life is meaningless. Wow. Why? Why does it make? Why does it make it? Because you can't even remember what city they're. No, in? it's just because like none of this matters, and this guy's writing all this stuff down. It's like, yeah, keep writing this shit down. Who cares? We're all just <laughs> fucking like. On these stupid little like enough. Nobody needs to know about your life. Well, but I think at the time nobody had really done something like this, and I know, but uh, it was seen. But yeah, now nowadays uh, we've all read blogs, Jack Kerouac. Yeah, been there, done that. Get a weblog, Jack Kerouac, like the rest of us. Yeah, Um, yeah, that was it for this week. I've just been watching this on repeat while you've been talking. Out your fucking mouth. <laughs> wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? I'm going to. <laughs> oh, I can, oh, okay. That's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> I can, oh, okay. He's like, oh, I could, and then he saw like Netflix dollar signs yeah. in his eyes. Oh, I can do this for, yeah, two hundred million dollars free when they're just gonna bleep it all out. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, we'll be back next week with more on the road. Hey, maybe more talk about the slap. Yeah, <laughs> maybe talk about. Oh, excuse me, Tom. Uh, I'd like a tuna melt. <laughs> 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 is that a request for next week <laughs> or you just want to talk about how you no, I've, I've looked up how to make a vegetarian tuna melt yeah, uh-huh. so maybe i'll report on that yeah i've seen because i actually always think it's kind of weird but i've seen uh uh where was i was somewhere recently i saw like a bunch of vegetarian fish products yeah and i was like yeah i guess there is Ooh, i made some vegetarian fish tacos tom no really what was what was the fish made out of uh, i don't know soy or some shit i don't know fish. it probably was fish i don't know i didn't read the box but it said it wasn't fish it's it, 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 it made of beef <laughs> It's not fish. It's soy that we rub fish all over, so it tastes like fish. Yeah, you can use like kelp seasoning and stuff to make it taste like the sea. Yeah, I mean, it's always such a weird thing because like you never want fish to taste too fishy. Yeah. So maybe it is an easy thing to replicate uh, uh, in a vegetarian version. Come on over, I'll make you some fish tacos. Uh, well, I'd rather have a tuna melt. Thank you. All right, I'll make one of those too. Yeah. Did you like a pie make tuna? Yeah. 
Uh, See, a lot of these recipes are just like, you just take chickpeas and mash them up and you make tuna salad. (laughs) You Uh, you you put mayo and like, you know, the stuff. Yeah, and then that will taste just like fish. Yeah, no. uh, Again, it's it's some chickpeas. It's some jackfruit that you had to like prepare in a certain way. It's some uh, kelp. Some fish flakes. Yeah, exactly. Fish food. Yeah, that, that would take. I think hey, that's... happy twenty fifth anniversary to the fish food uh, the ice cream. Ice cream. Oh, is it the twenty fifth anniversary? Thirty fifth. I don't know. I've been getting targeted ads because I'm a fish a, fan. A big uh, stoner yeah. fish head. Yeah. Hey, happy birthday, Trey! <laughs> uh, I need to go to bed. Tom. Uh huh. Thanks for telling me about this book that. Um, how many more weeks do we have of Two this? Two more. Two more and weeks. Then we watch the movie. Then we watch the movie starring Kiki Dunst. Yeah. Um, it's not starring her, I don't think. She's, she's, in she's it. like fourth build, but maybe she's top build uh, in my heart. Mary Lou. Yeah, I mean, presumably, like the only female roles in this book are girlfriends and, and necking partners. Yeah. So. Ooh, maybe we'll get to see Kiki Neck. Or ants. Or mm. yeah. Well, we'll find out. Um, Thank you for being a patron. We love you very much. Until next week, we'll be on the road to stardom. We're going to Hollywood, Tom. What? Yeah. Oh, man. Why'd you wait to tell me? Yeah, I wanted to surprise you. Holy cow. All right. Can't wait.